Welcome to Ag Vic Talk, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. That sound, that sound is not actually the sound of a swarm of angry insects. It's the sound of my aerial drone, and it's something I'm pretty used to as I use it to produce videos. It's also a sound that farmers may soon be getting used to. Recently, Agriculture Victoria teamed up with the Bought Best Wool, Best Lamb group to see if aerial drones can save the time and money that goes with monitoring livestock. The person behind the trial was Erica Shellforst. And I was wondering how an Agriculture Victoria Livestock Extension Officer ends up running a drone trial. It seemed a bit tangential to me, but maybe not. No, there's funding available every year to run producer on-farm demos and the Bort Best Wool Best Lamb group that I work with were interested in drones and I talked to all my groups about the funding and running a on-farm demo and other groups have run on-farm demos previously. Anyhow, the uh, Bort group were interested in the drones and what they could do on-farm so we put together a proposal and it was funded by MLA and Agriculture Victoria. Well, what specifically were they interested? They thought they could apply the aerial drones too. So initially we were pretty broad with our scope because there's a lot of hype about what drones can do on farm, look at crops, identify disease, and there was livestock aspects as well. We decided to keep it pretty narrow after talking to a few drone experts and just really focus on whether drones could actually look at checking ewe and lamb welfare during lambing. It was specifically around those months of lambing. It wasn't extended into other seasons. We did have a look at whether the drone could undertake other activities, but specifically focused on the sheep side of things and the livestock rather than looking at uh, what the drone could do with crops. Well, in regards to lambing, how then can they actually help? So we had no proforma on what drones could do. And when I actually went searching for literature, there actually isn't a lot. There's a little bit more now. But at the time, we didn't know what drone would suit us. So we went out searching initially just for a drone and relied on providers to provide us with the best drone that they thought we could use and we just started trial and error really because we didn't know how high we could fly or how low and how the sheep would react to the drone so in the first year we had five producers decide to trial the drone and we had one drone between five producers and fortunately lambing goes from April right through to September for these different producers. So we smoothly moved the drone between different producers. So, you know, we started up high and we went fast and went low and we just uh, viewed how the sheep reacted to the drone until we got a little bit of consistency. And then um, the following two years, we applied that 
those sort of rules that we learnt in the first years to see how well they worked. Okay, so you worked out the optimal height for flying the drone, I guess, without spooking the sheep. Is that what you were trying to really drill down into before you actually used it as a monitoring device? Pretty much. And in terms of a monitoring device, how did that go in in regards to lambing? So initially, we probably needed to induct the sheep to the drones. It did spook the sheep. Particularly what we found is if the drone was travelling quite quickly. If it was above 30 metres, the sheep would look at it, but they may not move away from it. But if it was any lower and travelling quickly, so these things can really travel like over 40 kilometres per hour, they did move away from it. And what we concluded from that first year was it was probably due to the sound of it and that they hadn't been inducted to the drone. Did you get some insight into it as a lambing tool? Uh, We did. What we found is that the drones were probably not that useful for checking sheep welfare at lambing, mainly because the camera on the drones that we used, we had three different types of drones that we used, but they don't have a camera zoom on them. The newer drones do, the ones that are selling now, and I think that would be a game changer for our trial. Because the camera didn't zoom, you had to lower the drone down pretty close to ground level to be able to see what was going on. And the sheep, if you hadn't inducted them or moved slowly towards them, they just move away from the drone. That's a really interesting insight in terms of the evolution of technology and because a lot of the drones are used for video work and they do the zooming in in the edit phase, whereas you need it in the field phase, don't you? So you can zoom down in on them. That's right. So if the sheep hadn't been approached by a drone before, it was ideal to fly quite high, so above 30 metres. And if you had a zoom on that camera, you wouldn't need to lower the drone. But because we didn't have a zoom on the camera, if if a ewe was on her side and looked like she might have needed help, you needed to lower the drone to see really what was going on. So we've got new technology coming up. Is there interest in doing it with drones with the zoom on it? I think there would be, but we've run out of funding for this particular trial. And um, the other thing that we found with Bort region, they're mixed sheep cropping enterprises. So their paddocks are really large and um, there are CASA rules, so Civil Aviation Safety Authority, with regards to flying drones and they must be within visual line of sight at all times. We found that some of these paddocks are so large that they actually went out of line of sight, which meant that you needed to get back in your car to actually move to a spot where then you could fly the drone around your paddocks and see what was going on. Which kind of negates the purpose in some regards, doesn't it? Because you're there. That's exactly right, which is some of the feedback I got back from the farmers. And the batteries also now in the drones you can buy today are far superior to even the batteries that we used in the drones just two years ago. So we had some battery limitations too. So sometimes the batteries only lasted eight minutes. And on the newer drones that we used over years two and three, the batteries did last longer. But sometimes if you moved slowly, so not to spook the sheep, you still ran out of battery life. 
did the farmers have to go through the CASA process of knowing how to fly a drone? There's an online process now. I'm not sure whether that applies to everybody or just people like me who use them for work. Because they're a farmer and they were flying them on their own property and all the drones were sub two kilo category, they didn't need a licence. That's a really important point to know because this is all about making it easy for primary producers to access. It sounds like it's in an evolutionary stage though, that the technology is getting better and the opportunities will grow. Absolutely. The drones I've seen now, I wish we had when we started the trial because initially the farmers were really excited and they were all very keen to use the technology but because of the drones limitations at the time with the camera and the battery their enthusiasm waned and um, I see the drones now with these great camera zooms and I just think that's so exciting and I think the farmers would have got a lot out of those if we could have used them during the trial. And in regards to the farmers using them, they usually use pretty complex equipment. If you go inside a header, it's a bit like being on board Starship Enterprise. How did they go with the tech? Actually, flying a drone is really easy. They only had one flying lesson on one particular drone and off they went. And on the other drones that we used, which were at a slightly different system, Again, one one lesson and off they went. They're surprisingly easy to take off, fly and land. Lastly, Erica, beyond the sheep monitoring, did those in the trial find any other uses for the drones? The farmers did use the drone over the summer period as well, just to see what other activities it could do. So looking at water troughs, fence lines, checking irrigation channels, checking how far the irrigation water had moved down a paddock. It was also quite useful. One farmer had his ewes and lambs in an oat crop during lambing, so he couldn't see them from the car because of the height of the oats, whereas he could see all the sheep from the air. So he didn't have to search for them in his car or go through the oat crop in his car because he could see them from the air. One of the people in the trial was Adam Twig, a sheep and cropping farmer from near Pyramid Hill. He decided to join as he thought aerial drones might bring a number of advantages. First up, the idea was largely saving a bit of time was one of the thoughts, feeling you could cover the paddock without having to open gates and go through and drive around. If you could just send the drone over and um, check all the mobs at once, it might have saved a bit of time was the biggest theory behind it. And possibly also if you had tall feed or trees or something like that, being able to, to get up above them to see from a higher level if there was a sheep out on its own or something like that was probably what I could see as the biggest advantages right at the start. It sounds like there's some opportunities there. How did they stack up in the trial? In reality, probably wasn't as good as I'd hoped, unfortunately. It did save time, but you lost time setting up the drone to do it. And then because you couldn't zoom in and you weren't sure if you'd seen everything, you you need to have a bit of a close look at some sheep sometimes and you couldn't get too close with the drone to do that. You'd send the drone over and have a bit of a look but then I still found myself hopping in the ute and going and checking all the paddocks again anyway just to make sure that I hadn't missed anything. Adam, you mentioned there that you couldn't zoom in and you had to get down close to them. Did that startle the sheep? It did to an extent. They weren't too badly spooked by it, but when you've got a particularly a young ewe with a lamb, I didn't really want to push it either. I didn't want to go down too close and scare her off in case she didn't come back. 
but I never had any trouble with them actually mismothering from it, but I didn't really push the envelope too hard either for that. You were using some early generation aerial drones there. Since that time, you've now got optical zoom. You can look at it from a lot higher up. Would that be an advantage? Would that, would that change it? It certainly would be an advantage. Certainly, that was probably one of the biggest downsides to the ones we had was just, yeah, you couldn't get close enough to them. But I've got bigger paddocks, the other side of it. So flying above to look for sheep that might be out on their own, you nearly had to have a grid pattern to go across the paddocks to cover the whole area because you couldn't see as much at once as I thought. I do wonder, Adam, when you start to describe it like that, whether the technology's coming that you'd be able to program it to fly in a grid pattern and also report when it sees something, rather than you babysitting it. That's probably yeah, where it needs to go. I do think with the, um, the two latest drones I had that you could program it into it, and I think Erica may have even done that to have a bit of a play around. In terms of the learning curve and the flying requirements, was that much of a process to go through for you, Adam? I didn't find it too difficult. I'm okay with phones and technology and stuff like that. They're pretty straightforward to fly, the drones we've had. They're pretty self-explanatory. It's just a matter of remembering which controls make it go up and which one makes it go forward sort of thing. But as long as you've got a basic understanding of how to use phones and that sort of technology, they're pretty straightforward, really. What advice would you give to a farmer looking to get involved in using drones? Do your research, probably, yeah. That's the biggest thing I can think of is to to know what you want and what you're going to use it for and... Um, if that drone's going to tick all those boxes. Adam Twig, it sounds like it's been a fascinating trial that you've learnt a lot from. Thanks for taking the time and joining me for this AgVic Talk podcast to talk all about it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to AgVic Talk. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria, authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.